Hi, my name is Barry Sterling Mitchell. Today is December 14th, 2022, and this is Ben and Barry on football. Hey, what's up out there? Uh, this is Ben Dickerson, your co-host. As far as my picks are concerned, I like to get that out of the way really quick. I didn't do that well this year. Uh, I'm sorry, last week. I was only, uh, what was I, eight and five. There were several teams on the bye last week, but I can't use that as an excuse. This has undoubtedly been a season of a lot of improbable wins, if not downright upsets, week after week after week. So that's the only thing that I can say uh, in my own defense. I'm thinking I'm making really good picks. I'm analyzing these teams as best I can. I think I knew football pretty well. And then every week there's two or three teams that we all know, including everybody on TV says, there's no way that team's going to win. And then they pull that away. It's crazy. Um, That is wild. That is wild. Uh, the bias plus report, basically, you know, we, we use it and talk about who's favorite, but it really is a, backwards looking report you know it really is closer to trend analysis than it is to you know forecasting with any particular level of probability absolutely the funny, the funny thing about what you said is i actually uh was watching my girl cynthia freeland and she had her six picks and i guess it was two sets of six picks it was like 12 games right and she was like 64 percent which we did that routinely, you know, last year. Easy. This year, early on, um, the bias plus reports were 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 finished, were coming in at about a 30% some, at some point, that low. And it hadn't been that low in a while. So this has been no. a wild year. Um, but as the cream has risen to the top, these trends are beginning, I think, to hold better. The bias plus was 85% last week. Right. Good. Good. Oh, so that that's interesting to me, um, and, and how this all works. So, we've got some great numbers to share with people. Um, people are you know starting to take a look at you know what we're doing. Oh, you know, I, I, when I did your top five and net points, and the Eagles were number one, and all the Eagle fans jumped on it with three feet. <laughs> well, that's what they've been waiting for. Evidently, I hope they're happy. I don't think half those people have a clue what average <laughs> net probably points need. But the probably not. Not. Mark, Anytime they see the Eagles number, Eagles, are, Eagles are number one. You got them at number three because that's where they were two, three weeks ago. Right. You know, and I was like, this is not a win-loss ranking. You know? Right. This is a net point ranking, and that's how we do it because it's about Who's the bully on the block? <laughs> Who's really getting it done? And a few teams are. Um, so let's get ready to jump into the numbers. And we're going to start again with 21, I believe, through 32. This is the group, Ben, that uh, I believe you're going to poo-poo because a lot of these people are no longer in the playoffs. Uh where their chances are mathematically eliminated. Let me put it that way. You know, um, there might be some small probability. Um, oh, I, I see something right off the bat. Go ahead. The Chargers. 
every time we talk about this group for the last two weeks at least, every time we've talked about this group from 21 to 32, the charges have been sitting somewhere around 26 to 25. And I said, I only see one team in this group that I still believe has an opportunity to make the playoffs for sure. And that would be the LA Chargers. They have creeped up to 21 and are threatening to get into the second group. Get into that mid-tier. Right. Once you get into mid-tier, anything can happen. Okay. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Um, offensively, well, first of all, let's, let's just run through it again. ANP stands for average net points, APF for average points for, that's your scoring. Offensively, APA average points against, that's your defense holding teams to point averages and ATOD standing for average turnover differential and turnovers eventually equate to points. 21 through 32 is the list here. As far as net points are concerned, you're looking at the LA Chargers, then the Saints, then the Giants, your Giants at 23, Benny, Tennessee, Green Bay, Denver, Chicago, Pittsburgh, Arizona, the Rams, the Super Bowl Rams at 30, 31, the Colts and 32, Houston at minus 7.9. Your range is from negative 2.4 to negative 7.9. And again, average net points and average turnover differential can range both from positive to negative. They uh, average net points is the difference between your points for and your points against. And we like to let people know exactly where they are. Now, in terms of scoring, you know, those, those Saints coming in at 20, First, now you got about a three-way tie just about at 20.4, 3, and 0.2 between the Saints, the Jets, and Green Bay, okay? Then Carolina finishes out at an even 20. Washington is at 19.5, then number 25. Then you have Tennessee, Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay at 17.2. And Ben, I'm going to say this now, and you can <laughs> argue it with me however long you want to. Brady misses uh, the Gronk. Ah, yeah, I knew that was coming. Yeah, the Gronk man, he he was there, and, and you know he only made he, he he won once without him, but life was so much easier later on in life. Anyway, that was twenty eight twenty nine is the Rams uh, in scoring. So again, look where the Rams are in scoring twenty ninth, Houston. Um, 16.2, Indianapolis, 16.1. And at the bottom, number 32, the Denver Broncos, 14.9. The indictment of Russell continues. That is just sad. Anyway, looking at the defensive side from 21 to 32, you got a range of about basically three, three points, maybe a little bit more in a fraction. 23.2 down to 26.8. 32nd place is Arizona, giving up 26.8 points per game. Now, Ben, how much have I been talking about Detroit and Seattle being congruent in the way that they're operating with a high-scoring offense and a stank-butt defense? Look who's number 30. And 31. Right. 
Okay. However, however, again, I must remind folks, Detroit at one point was giving up 34 points a game. Now they're giving up 26.7. And with their high-flying offense, that little improvement, actually, that's not a little improvement. That's a big that's more than a touchdown difference. I, I hear you. Um but as I look at the numbers that are there, it looks like everybody's defense got better because the worst defense is only giving up 26.8 points per game. Nobody's giving up in the 30s right now. So the averages have gotten a lot of, a lot closer. They've compressed. There's only a basically a three-point average between 21 and 32. But that is yeah. still a conspicuous group of teams between Green Bay, Atlanta, Miami, if you got playoff contention, you should not be 23rd on defense. The Raiders, Minnesota, another team. Um, and, and I heard somebody, you know, um, got a few Kirk Cousins supporters there who pointing out that it's really the defense that's letting them down this year. Um, Houston, Cleveland, the Chargers, that ain't going to get it done. Chicago, Seattle. Detroit, we talked about those two guys being the twins of the NFC and then Arizona. So those are the that's, that's the defensive points allowed. That's what these teams are giving up on average. Turnover differential on average, as you can see, all negative numbers ranging from 0 0.2, negative 0 0.2 to negative 1.1. Indianapolis is in 32nd place. Uh, if we go up from 32nd, you have New Orleans, the Rams, Kansas City, Houston, Cleveland, Miami, Chicago, Vegas, Green Bay, Carolina, and Tampa Bay. So I guess somebody got to be in the bottom third. But these, a lot of these teams are teams that you expected to be. You expect to be in the playoffs, and they're in the bottom third of turnover differential. What you got on this, Benny, before we move on? Well, th there's some teams in uh, in the different columns that we expected to be better in the beginning of the year. There's no doubt about it. There are some teams that are very low in average points for, but we'll find them in average points against much higher. And that is kind of keeping them afloat. I mean, the numbers are what they are. Everybody is what their record says they are, okay? And if you're listed in the lower level of any of these categories, chances are you're not in strong contention but could possibly be in possible contention for a playoff spot depending on how well you're playing on the opposite side of the ball so you can't I, that's why I don't want to say this team's defense stinks or this team you know what I'm saying like if you're still winning games nobody says the Kansas City Chiefs defense stinks except me and I only say that because I like to get on people, Chiefs fans' nerves, because I'm tired of messing with Eagles fans. But Chiefs fans seem to think that there's nothing better, as they should. They've had a lot of success. But believe me, their defense really is only good as their offense is. And they're able to play off the momentum that they get from the offense, which is outstanding. So that difference doesn't mean as much even though we look at the numbers and say, wow, that's really bad. Wow, that's really good. The good outweighs the bad. I'm, I'm, does this make sense, what I'm saying? 
You, it doesn't well, go for it, it would make more sense if Kansas City was down in this section, but they're not. So they were though. Let's well, they're not now. No, yeah, they're not now. So they've improved, but you just said everybody has. You ready to uh, go to the next group? Sure, why not? If everybody's yeah. improving, they're supposed to improve too. It's well, there's your Kansas City way up. I see your Kansas City right, right off the bat. We'll we'll go to them in a minute. Right. Um, but this is 11 to 20, okay? And in terms of net points, and again, positive and negative, you'll see both in this particular group with Miami, Detroit, and Jacksonville finishing out the positive side, ranking 11 through 13 at 0 0.3, 0 0.2, and 0. Jacksonville Jaguars literally breaking even in terms of points allowed and points scored. Then you have Minnesota. On the negative side, now Minnesota's been hanging around there and keeping their head above water, but they're starting to slip under. Washington's just under. These are negative 0 0.1, negative 0 0.2, negative 0 0.4. That takes you down to Vegas at 16. At 17, 18, 19, and 20, you have Cleveland, Atlanta, Tampa Bay, and Carolina. And Tampa, Cleveland and Atlanta are tied at negative 1.8. Tampa Bay and Carolina are tied at negative 2.3. So there are that this is a an interesting group here who could go in, in either direction. Um I'll I'll take take stop there, Benny, if you want to talk about the net point group. Well, of course, you know, as far as I'm concerned, net points is the most uh important column because that's your overall ranking um when all the other rankings are taken into consideration. Yeah. Miami's sitting there just outside of the top 10. Okay, fine. But recency bias tells me that these guys are beginning to struggle, especially at where their strength was supposed to be, which is their offense. So then I look over on the offensive category, and I don't see them. Were they in the bottom? No, they're probably in the top. But defensively, they were in the lower tier that we just left that's going to drag them down. That's what I was talking about with Kansas City. If, well, you know what? I was about to say something incorrect. Miami didn't come in with the top-ranked offense. They came in with the top-ranked passing game. And even that suffered recently. So, again, we're in the second tier. 14 teams make it. So if you have Minnesota at 14 in average net points, I say they have still a strong possibility to make it along with a team like Washington. Everybody under them, it's not looking really good. It's not looking good at all. And strange as it may seem, strange as it may seem, Detroit sitting at 12, I'm more afraid of them than I am of, D of Miami. Um. The, the the other interesting part about the playoffs is that um, it depends on where you are in a division, and you can have a, a stank but net points. But if you're top in your division, you might still get a playoff spot. Um, no, you won't. Might you will? You will. So, um, offensively, in terms of points scored, we're in the twenty three to twenty point range. So you're talking about Vegas, Baltimore, Cleveland, the Chargers, Jacksonville, Atlanta, Arizona, New England, Chicago, and your Giants at 20. 
So these teams are averaging about 23 points, no more than 23 points per game. That's what they're putting out on average. Um, and, and, you know, when we talk about Baltimore, I, I, I came across an interesting little uh, piece of information. We'll talk about it when we get to there. But, um, you know, Baltimore is kind of like my my Niners. They, the quarterbacks are dropping like flies, man. Um, team for defense, average points against, you're looking at around 20 to 23 points per game. So it's just the inverse in actuality. If you look at the points for, where it's 23 down to 20 here, it's 20 up to 23. And again, Cincinnati, Tennessee, Carolina, Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, the Rams, New Orleans, Kansas City. Now, Kansas City is 22.9. They're tied with Indianapolis Colts. Uh, and they're just a step above your New York Giants, uh, who are allowing 23.1 points per game. In terms of the average turnover differential, only the, the bottom three are in the negative. That's Atlanta, the Jets, and Tennessee. That's 18 through 20. Uh, you have a three-way tie in the middle there, um, 15 through, what, 17, with Washington, Pittsburgh, and Arizona breaking even at zero. And then on the positive, you got a four-way tie at 0 0.2. So that's 11 through 14 with Buffalo, the Giants, Cincinnati, and Seattle. So at least they're on the positive side of the turnover differential, um, although that's not contributing a whole bunch to them relative to points, but hey, beats a blank. So, you know, you only, sometimes you only need one point, not sometimes, you only need one point to win because they don't do fractions during the game. But that's your mid-level group there, Betty. What's your think about that? I think there's still too much can happen with this group. Let's, let's go to the big boys. What? We didn't want the top 10 or something? Yeah, yeah, definitely. This is just too much. It's too much can still happen. I mean, I, I I hear what you said about a lot of this depends on what kind of division you're in and where you stand in your division, because we know if you win, actually win your division, you're going to make the playoffs regardless of your record. The problem is when you look at the NFC South, that's still anybody's ball game. Anybody in that division can still win. The only team that looks like they're in danger of being mathematically knocked out would be the Saints. But Atlanta and Carolina could still win that division. We have a new number one. The Philadelphia Eagles have taken over first place in net points at plus 10.6. That means they're beating teams by average of almost 11 points per game. That would be, uh, what would that be? A touchdown, a two-point conversion, and no, I can't add. If it was 11, it would 11. be a touchdown, a two-point conversion, and a field, field goal. goal. It's not exactly 11. There you go. Somewhere around there. Buffalo coming in second. They had been pretty much in first place at 10.2 in Dallas coming in at 10.1. So you're in the double figures here with the top three, averaging around 10 plus 10 points per game. That means they're beating teams by an average of 10 points per game. My Niners are coming in at fourth at plus 9.2. Kansas City at plus 6.6. 6. 
Cincinnati at plus 5.4, Baltimore at plus 3.9. That's 5, 6, and 7. 8, 9, and 10 is New England at 2.3. Excuse me, 2 the Jets at 1.6. And Seattle at 0. 0.6. That's shaving it close there, Seattle. Points for Philadelphia. Top scoring team in the league is taking over first place from Kansas City. Benny, you your team contributed to this, you know. You have only your Giants to blame for these guys being up here like this. This could be considered a skew. Because I don't think they really beat won anybody, beat anybody that by that big a margin. But in any event, they're scoring 29.7, right above Kansas City, 29.5, and Dallas coming in third, 27.7. Buffalo coming in fourth, 27.2, and Detroit, 26.8. Now, Ben, how many rankings was Detroit and Seattle apart when we looked at the bottom third? They were consecutive. Look where they are scoring-wise. The bottom third in what, net points? When we looked at the bottom third uh, for uh, average points against defensively, remember? Oh, oh, oh. oh, right. They were very close. They were consecutive. Consecutive. They were consecutive. Here we are on offense, and they are, again, consecutive. consecutive. <laughs> Very interesting. So um, Cincinnati starts at 25.6 uh, average per game. My Niners are coming in at 24.4. They have moved up because uh, they were in a, in a mid-group at one point. Uh, Miami is 24. 4.3 and Minnesota at 24. So you're looking at a spread of about five points between the top scoring team and the bottom scoring team. Um, maybe closer to six if you add that point seven in there. That's between one and ten. Defensively, my Niners coming in first at 15.2. They're allowing 15.2 points per game. Buffalo right behind them at 17, and Dallas coming in at 17.6. You got a run on 18-point uh, averages, 18.3, 4, and 7 between Denver, New England, and the Jets. Again, Denver having the fourth-ranked defense, further indictment. Why do I keep uh, beating up on um, Russell like that, Benny? Because it's easy. It's, it is easy. It's true, too. I and mean, you, you got to point it out. I mean, how can you have a fourth-ranked defense and a last-ranked offense and you're Russell Wilson? It's just that ain't supposed to happen. Okay, that's, let's just put it that way. Anywho, New England coming in at fifth. You know, uh, people are trying to, trying to talk about whether or not um, New England's coach is the greatest of all time since he's not winning at a high level. Uh, without Tom Brady, but his defense is still, he got two defensive, even his offenses, people are defensive coaches, so defense should be doing good. The Jets are right behind them at 18.7, and then Philadelphia coming in seventh at 19.1 uh, points they're allowing. Baltimore, 19.2, Tampa Bay, 19.5, and Washington, 19.7. Let me say one, two, three, four. Kind of almost split half and half between AFC and NFC there. 
and turnover differential. So that's the third number one spot that Philadelphia has. Their first in net points and points four and in turnover differential at plus 1.1. So that is some good work right there. Um, Buffalo's holding up numbers, uh, the second place. Um, Kansas City is second in scoring 29.6. Buffalo's 17 on defense. They're allowing 17. I think I said that. And then second place in turnover differential is Baltimore, third place. That looks like uh, point, 0 0.6 is Dallas. Tie next between San Fran and Minnesota, 0 0.5. These rankings with San Fran and Minnesota being so close, it's kind of spooky the way I like to talk about Kirk Cousins. I, I hate him being close to my Niners. Um, point, 0 0.4 is Jacksonville. Then your Chargers, 0 0.3. And then we have a three-way tie between Detroit, New England, and Denver at plus 0 0.2. So that rounds out your top 10 and average net points, points for, points against, and turnover differential. You get to wrap this up, Benny. Well, obviously the big boys on the block are the guys that can be in the top 10 in more than one category. Philadelphia's number one in three categories. So obviously they, they, it, uh, they deserve to be number one overall. Buffalo's in the top 10 in one, two, two categories. Dallas has swept third ranking in all four categories. These are all the better teams. I hadn't seen that, actually, that Dallas was straight across like that in all four categories. Yeah. It, yeah. it is interesting when you look at it that way. The Niners are fourth in two categories, you know. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, and then it gets a little more um broken up you know what i mean right that's why when people talk about power rankings and they immediately say kansas city right off the bat you don't see kansas city except for in one category and that's the overall net points and that's main well i'm sorry in two categories because of their scoring but that's okay they're not the only one i'm just saying when you talk about power to me these net point power rankings are the true power rankings. There's no opinion. There's no conjecture. This is straight numbers. This is what you score. This is what you give up. This is what you take away. This is what you give away. I was, I was having a conversation with our friend Mark and he saw the uh, top five where I had put out with Philly in first place. And he said, I, I see you gave Philly, you know, some some love there, whatever. I said, no. Nah. I said, no, we don't give love. We don't give love. <laughs> I mean, I give love when we're doing our pick segment. But this, this ain't love. This is this, facts. And I said, Philly put themselves there. I didn't put them there. You know, this is just what they did. This is their numbers. They scored this, and they gave up that, and they turned over that. And we will take all of this information and put it in the Wayback Machine. No, not, not the Wayback Machine. What's one of those machines? They, they have a new fusion device, Benny. Now they, they're talking oh, about yeah. the fusion. Remember the promise of unlimited power that would just last on the internal basis? Well, they just had a breakthrough in fusion. Now, of course, the actual use of it is 
30 years off, but they're touting this breakthrough as, you know, something big. So we put it in a fusion machine and then we will come out with the bias plus reports that we're going to do in the next segment. So again, just to wrap this up, any last words on the Sterling Pro Football net point power rankings for week 14, 2022, year to date? No, I'm good with this, man. It's about to be uh, playoff time in fantasy. The regular season for fantasy just ended in week 14. So a lot of fantasy players are either in the playoffs or not. And depending on um, whether you're in ESPN or CBS or Yahoo, it will or NFLfantasy.com, uh, will depend on how your playoffs are run. I know in ESPN, they sometimes take two weeks worth of games as one fantasy game. So if you fall behind in your games this week, you still have a chance to advance if you do better the following week. Everybody else is pretty much one and done. Okay. All right. Oh, by the way, um, I don't know if you want to talk about this now or not. Remember you kept telling me um, to play with uh, Brock Purdy? Yes. How it turned out. Well, yes. I'll let you know how it turned out. I actually have pictures. I okay. got scores and some stats for you. Okay. So, okay. Let's go to the Bias Plus Reports. And Ben, we're going to kick this thing off on Thursday night with my Niners visiting the Seattle Seahawks. The bias plus score of 9.8 favors the 49ers. And Brock Purdy has been looking pretty good at quarterback, surprising everybody, he beat the GOAT. But now they're saying he's got a little rib injury. His ribs are a little tender. Uh, he might have hurt my Brock, man. Uh, no, because, you know. If, are you worried? They, they, huh? Are you worried? Well, no, because the, they got Josh Johnson. He got 10 years experience. Oh, He's been in the system three, no, four what? times now. He probably <laughs> know the hallways as good as Brock. So Brock go down, okay. I want to see what happens. They bring Josh in. <laughs> you know what's going to happen when he put Josh in. What? Josh is going to play like he normally plays, regardless of who's with. He backed up Brady. He backed up a lot of people. He's been around. You know? He's been it's around. You have to dig deep for some Josh Johnson film, but you'll find it. It's out there. Best but, job um, in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, last week, the Niners hosted the Buccaneers, speaking of Tom Brady. And not only got another solid performance by rookie third-string quarterback Brock Purdy, but they also punched the Buccaneers in the mouth with a dominant run game. They crushed the Bucs 35-7, and he looked really strong doing it. So that lets you know how I feel about your Niners. The Seahawks, on the other hand, who will play host to the Niners this weekend. Uh, last weekend, they were also home. Uh, but Geno Smith was betrayed by his lack of a running game. And I think as we go through these games, you're going to find that to be a very um, repetitive theme, lack of run games. But anyway, yeah, the Seahawks uh, suffered a little bit um, on the ground because outstanding rookie running back Kenny Walker III is out with an injury, 
And without him, no other Seattle runner could get anything going on the ground. So Geno had to do his thing. He did toss three touchdowns, but he also threw two interceptions, and the Seahawks fell to the Panthers. Turnovers will get you every time. Turnovers will get you every time. So even though they're hosting, and even though they have the 12th man working for them, I love the Niners' defense 100%. I love the Niners' defense. And offensively, everything seems to be cooking along just fine. All their skilled players are healthy except for Debo, and I think they'll be just fine. So I'm going to take the Niners, obviously. So you bring up Debo, and um, I don't know if you remember, I, I was of the opinion early on that you don't need to make Debo a running back. you got enough running backs, and Debo can be dangerous. Every once in a while, of course, you can do a few things with him, but for the most part, you got two number ones, I believe, in Debo and Ayuk, and you got a a, a primo tight end. So your passing game uh, doesn't have to include Debo being a running back. And then this week, um, of all people, Jerry Rice tweeted out and asked for Kyle Shanahan to stop sending Debo up the middle. <laughs> Like he's a running back. I was like, whoa. Wait, wait, wait. Sending him up the middle on run plays? Yeah. Okay. So is that yeah. how he got hurt? Uh yeah, yeah. It was you know, when you when you're up around those linemen, them big three hundred pound and they're falling all over me and everything, you know, he's a, he's a stocky guy. But uh, it, that's why running backs, you know, that's why they have the entry race that they have. I mean, you know, that's just how it goes. In that, and I've yet to see them, you know, still put out. Um, uh, what's his name? Saint Pierre, Saint David, whatever. He's still, um, for some reason, just not being. You know, they're not using. Matter of fact, they went out and got another running back who had been with us before, and I'm forgetting everybody's name. Um, but he's got plenty of running backs. He's and and Christian McCaffrey is Debo like. <laughs> he. Christian McCaffrey, even on the game, um, I think they finally tuned him up correctly in the things that he can do. He is a receiving deep threat as well as being able to take a handoff behind center and take it all the way. Um, and if if my line stands up, which is the scary part for me because I only have one, two players, well, one player ranked in the 90s and one in the 80s. Everybody else is down in the 60s across my line. So ranking-wise, when I look at their, their physical traits, it doesn't look very impressive, but they played pretty well as a, as a unit. So, you know, you got to give them that. So, um, and you know you know what Brock Purdy's brother name is, right? Bro, he's not good. Chubba? I don't know why you keep talking about him. You checked out Chubba for me? Yeah. He's not good. He's 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 average. He's below average. He's below average, really? Nebraska is below that average. Nebraska is not good. Oh, man. Oh, well. Maybe he'll get better. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe he'll get better. Maybe he'll get better. He'll be in a better system <laughs> somewhere. All right. You going with the Niners? Yep. All right. I had enough fun with my Niners. Let's move forward here. Now, that was a Thursday night game. 
There are three Saturday games. Now, let me take yeah. a Yeah. <laughs> that time of year. Yeah, man. Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Yeah. Look, they're flexing games and stuff now. So this is the 1 o'clock game on Saturday. Colts at Vikings bias plus score of 30. I don't know why I put an X there. 13.1 favors the Vikings. So you know the Colts must be really stinking it up uh, if it's that wide of a margin. And the Vikings were in the negative, barely, but they're in the negative. So you got two negative teams playing each other. But, hey, you know, the one that's playing less badly is going to be the one that's favored, and that would be the Vikings. And we know where their problem is on defense. Um, So who you got on this one? Uh, This one's not going to be too hard. The Colts are coming off the bye. But the last time we saw them, they were getting 54 hung on them by Dallas. So let that marinate a little bit in your mind. The Vikings suffered an embarrassment last week themselves on the road in Detroit. A game on the road against a division rival that would allow the Vikings the opportunity to prove their dominance over the division actually turned into the classic trap game. Detroit's defense clamped down on Dalvin Cook, couldn't let him get going or didn't let him get going. That left Kirk Cousins to try and carry the offense with his arm. He did put up great numbers. He was 31 of 41, 425 yards, two touchdowns. And he completed 11 passes to Justin Jefferson alone. That was a team record, 223 yards. But the hot and cold defense was extremely leaky in this one and didn't help at all as they fell to Detroit. They are now going to be home. Colts are coming to town. They'll get some things tweaked up on defense. The Vikings will take this. All right, going with the Vikings. Next up, we have Ravens at Browns. Ben, who do you expect to be the quarterback for the Ravens? Um, I think Tyler Huntley will be back. He 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 got concussed, right? Yeah, yeah. But, but if he's not. It will be very interesting to see Mr. Anthony Brown play again. So let me tell you about this one now. And what's always a big-time rivalry, obviously it's a division game, but um, Ravens-Browns is always a big game. The Ravens defeated the Steelers last week in Pittsburgh. That actually broke a four-game losing streak for them. Even more interesting, Tyler Huntley, who started in place of injured Lamar Jackson, went to the bench with a concussion. That was late in the third quarter. He was replaced by an undrafted rookie, third-string quarterback Anthony Brown. Thanks to a strong effort on the ground, led by J.K. Dobbins, who just came back off injury, and Gus Edwards, who's been in and out with injury, Brown very calmly marched the Ravens down on a clock-consuming field goal drive to take the lead and another drive late that sealed the win. So it's a big win over Pittsburgh. Ravens-Pittsburgh is a crazy, crazy rivalry. So that was a big game for the Ravens. Now the Browns, they just aren't very good, especially on defense. And Deshaun Watson's still trying to knock off the rust. And they really – he has no chance – without the normally steady run game 
So if you can slow down Chubb and Kareem Hunt hasn't even really been getting used that much. This is kind of crazy for the Browns. I don't know if they're, if they're, if they're giving up, I, I don't know exactly what's going on, but anyway, I got to take the Ravens over the Browns, even though they're on the road. Bias plus score of 10.1 favors the Ravens. That's pretty healthy. And, you know, the funny thing is, Ben, I was listening about Anthony Brown, and I went to the NFL website, and I went to the uh, Baltimore Ravens webpage, and I looked on the depth chart. He's not even listed on the depth chart. It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> they don't even have him in it, you know, as the third down, the third uh, quarterback. They don't have a third quarterback listed. So that that is very interesting. And we'll have to make sure that when we do quarterback, backup quarterbacks, uh, that we include the third stringers in the next yeah, and try to and, and maybe uh, I'll have to do some research, see if I can figure out where he came from. He was an undrafted free agent, but I don't know if they took him shortly after the draft or in during the season or if he was on a practice squad somewhere. There's no telling. I, I, you know, I was trying to make sure I got all my information in about the games so I didn't have a chance to like look up his little uh resume absolutely well hey we'll he see did play for Oregon though okay okay he was a duck yep so um okay you're going with the Ravens by score score 10.1 favors the Ravens next up this is the eight o'clock prime time game on Saturday Dolphins at Bills, 8.15 p.m. Bias plus score of 11.5 favors the Bills. Mm. Mm. So Bills are home. It's going to be cold, guaranteed. It was cold last week up there, and they had bad weather, too. I don't know how bad the weather's going to be, but it's definitely going to be cold. So the Dolphins are coming up from Miami into that weather, first of all. So – their top-ranked offense rolled into SoFi last week to play the Chargers in a game that I thought was going to be a high-scoring shootout. Turns out it wasn't. The run game betrayed them, and Tua looked like a little – he looked a little confused by the Chargers' defense. I don't know exactly if they were doing something uh, differently scheme-wise, but Tua didn't seem to be himself. Uh, he threw for mere 145 yards and only one touchdown. Now, in Buffalo, the weather was bad and the footing was slick uh, last week, and the offense wasn't pretty, but it was a balanced attack, and it was good enough to beat the Jets because of the domination of the defense. Defense really turned it on. They recorded four sacks on Mike White. Uh, actually, I think they might have – did they sack Flacco? Too? Mike White got hit so many times, he got knocked out of the game twice. Right. Okay. He got knocked out, came back, got knocked out again. They're checking him for bad ribs right now. Um, they actually got eight total quarterback hits on Mike White and Joe Flacco together. They forced two turnovers on fumbles. So uh, Dolphins are in a little bit of a bad way right now. Bill's defense is playing extremely well. Uh, the Dolphins didn't look great against the Chargers defense, so I know they won't look great against the Bills defense. Uh, division matchup or not, got to go with the Bills. The Bills, okay. All right, here we go. 
All right, let's go to Sunday. Chiefs at Texans. Five plus score, 14.5. Another healthy one favors the Chiefs. Okay, so I know the Cowboys are getting a lot of grief about letting the Texans hang around in their game last week. But I haven't heard much criticism toward the Chiefs after they got lit up by okay. Russell Wilson. The team and the quarterback <laughs> by Russell Wilson. who can't score, right. the team that cannot score went to work on the Chiefs' defense. Russell Wilson threw three touchdown passes, got knocked out of the game with a concussion, got replaced by Brett Rippon, and he threw one too. How about that? When you know you have an offense that can almost score at will like the Chiefs do, it's easy to unleash a relentless pass rush. That's the only thing that keeps the Chiefs' defense relevant. Now, I shouldn't say that's the only thing like it's a small thing because it's really not a small thing. It's actually really a big thing. But again, as a whole, I don't give the Chiefs defense the respect that a lot of other people do, but that's just me. So anyway, the Chiefs defense did get off. They sacked Russell Wilson six times. They intercepted him once. They sent him out of the game with a concussion, and then they intercepted Rippon too. So even though uh, Rippon and Russell – Got a chance to throw some touchdown passes. They did get picked. They did get beat up. Uh, that being said, uh, I can't say too much about Houston. They gave Dallas a game, but Dallas made a lot of mistakes that helped keep that the Texans in the game. They have no chance at home against the Chiefs. Not going to happen. Chiefs win easy. All right, going with the Chiefs, Benny. You saw you saw that that game with the Texans, right? Yeah, I saw Texans made a decision to go for it on fourth rather than kick a field goal. Uh, at the okay. end of the I game. Was, I was in the bar. We were watching three games at once. All right. Well, so, so this was that how late I, game? This is how I saw it, right? This was late in the game, minute or so. I mean, coming down to the wire. Okay. They're like they're in the red zone, up close, maybe as close as the ten yard line, like tenth and goal or whatever. But long story short, they could kick a field goal. Instead, they ran some little weak play and it went nowhere, and they turned the ball over on downs to the Cowboys, who then drove down and scored. Okay, and because they were up three when the Cowboys went down and scored. The Cowboys went went up by four. Okay. And so I'm saying I'm saying to myself when the when the Texans, you know, were at the point of making that decision, kick that field goal. Take that field goal. And go up six. And go up six. I got you. And then if you give up a touchdown, they're only up one. And you don't have to get in the end zone to beat them. Right. You know? You only got to yeah. get close enough to kick a field goal. No, I agree. I agree hundred percent. So I didn't understand that, you know, and I recommend that the uh, Texans coach play more Madden because he would be a little more on top of this type of stuff. Well, I, I don't know about all that. I think they saw an opportunity to have a big statement win, and they got a little frisky. 
<laughs> got a little frisky, eh? Yeah. Well, in, in Madden, you get frisky, the Madden guys will punish you. <laughs> the, the NFL football guy obviously punished them. Punished them. <laughs> All right, you're going with the Chiefs. Giants yeah. at Commander. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's say it right, Benny. Giant, the New York football giants, let's say that right, at the Commanders. Come on, say it with me. Put your chest out. Put your, the command. Hey, Benny. Yes. The, the owners met today, and when the question of the commanders came up and the commanders being sold, they mentioned that it won't, wouldn't be a partial sale. So if the commanders are sold, somebody's going to take over 100% of the team. Dan Snyder will be out completely. Okay. So the question in my mind is, you get brand new ownership stepping in. Would they change the name? That's a good question. They could. Yeah. I know a lot of people don't like commanders. <laughs> I like the Washington football team better than the commanders. I, I actually do too. <laughs> I, we was pretty good with that, you know? So, um, but, Benny, this is a division matchup of the NFC East. Used to be the NFC least. Now it's a tough place to live. It's a tough neighborhood now. You got a bully Very on much the block. And the bias plus score of only 1.5 favors those commanders. Only 1.5. 1.5. So this is a huge game. If this is not intriguing game worthy, I don't know what is. Hmm. The chance of three NFC East teams making the playoffs is still a possibility. How would that be? The, the division that was being called the NFC least now has a chance to possibly have three teams in the playoffs. That would be big. That would be really big. This game may determine if it happens and who it happens to. The Giants scored 22 empty points while they were getting blasted by Philadelphia last week. And Washington is coming off the bye. And their last game was also against the Giants. And that game ended in a tie. I heard some nonsense on television today that said Washington should beat the Giants because of the whooping they took from the Eagles and the fact that Washington had the extra week to prepare for that one game and look at the film over and over again. Come on, man. Give me a break. They're NFL football players and coaches. That's their job to play each game one at a time and prepare during the week and watch film. That loss has nothing to do with what they're going to do in this game. I'm taking the Giants to win this game. Well, the interesting thing is for whoever said that um, because of the whipping that they took, really, you know, doesn't watch the Sterling Net Point Power Rankings. Obviously not. Where people actually are. And, you know, that, that you know, play, played a part in terms of net points and, and, and points against. But bottom line is the commanders are not the Eagles. There's no Jalen Hurts leading that team. Right. You know? um, However, Heineke is going to be a, uh, a free agent after this season. 
And as a matter of fact, if you go to Ben and Barry on Football's Facebook page, I have a list free agent quarterbacks that uh, quarterbacks that are going to be free agents in 2023. Pretty long list. Um, So he's playing for the money. He's playing for the money. That's what he's playing for. So Danny Dodge is on that list, I do believe, isn't he? Probably. I don't believe I don't believe he has a contract next year either. No, they they didn't uh, they didn't do his option. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he's playing for a bit of a contract too, but Heineke's a little hotter right now, I think, than Danny Dimes. You're going with the Giants, going against yep. the bias. Yep. Okay, that's your prerogative. Here you go. Cowboys at Jaguars. Bias plus score ten point nine favors the Cowboys. Cowboys came in what third place in net points? Yep. They were the Jaguars was down around 10th, right? Something like that. Something like that. So there's your 10, there's your 10 points right there, your differential. <laughs> and uh, I do believe that the Cowboys had the uh turnover differential in their favor, also. It's probably accounted for like 0.9 or something like that. But in any event, it's about the Cowboys, and they just signed. All-time great receiver from the Colts. Oh, T.Y. Hilton. T. Are we going to get to see the T.Y.? <laughs> I, I don't know, man. T.Y. didn't look so great last season, the season before that. He looked like uh he looked like a shot fighter out there, man. What? Yeah, I, I don't I don't know what he's got left. That remains to be seen. All right, all right. I think he's. Uh, I think they grabbed him maybe for a little depth. I don't know. I don't. Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, because um, OBJ is not ready to play. I think that's what. Right, he's not ready to play. Noah Brown and uh, that other dude they got. Those guys haven't really stepped up to the plate. Michael Gallup has started to come alive. That's a good thing. But I know they want a third guy that they can depend on. So that's probably why they get, why they got T. Y. Hill. Yeah, you bring him in, you know. Hey, look. Whether or not he can he can actually take over that spot, I don't know. We shall see. But who you got? Well, Dak and the boys turned in a real clunker last week against Houston. They they looked bad. They did look bad. Now they pulled it out. Uh, they had to drive ninety eight yards for Zeke to finally score with 41 seconds left in the game to finally put the Texans away 27-23. Like you said, uh, things might have been different if Houston had kicked the field goal instead of going for it and failing and giving them the opportunity to put together a drive. But it was a nice drive. Uh, I think he actually had two pretty nice drives in that game, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, um, the Jaguars turned in a surprising victory over division-leading Tennessee. That was a big, big win for them. In a division that we kind of, well, I know I kind of thought Tennessee was going to run away with. Um, Tennessee had only beaten, uh, they had only beaten, oh, they only beat Tennessee one time in their last 10 meetings. How crazy is that? So that was an even bigger win for the Jags than I at first thought. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was stellar in this one. He, he, he went 30 of 42, 368 yards and three touchdowns. He looked really, really good. And the defense, which 
kind of absorbed 121 yards on 21 Derrick Henry carries, forced and recovered three fumbles and intercepted Ryan Tannehill. They sacked him four times. They hit him nine times. So even though Derrick Henry kind of got off, they still did damage in the passing game. Their defense looked really good. Trevor Lawrence looked really good. This could be a trap game for the Cowboys, but I just, well, what's the bias again? 10.9. 10 10.9. I'm taking the Jags at home. Oh, my goodness. That'll make Cowboys fans happy. <laughs> All right, going against the bias big time. Going with the Jaguars over the Cowboys. Hmm. Okay. Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, uh, again, our friend Mark called me, um, asked me about Michael Parsons. Apparently he had something to say about Jalen Hurts and whether and the MVP is whether it was Jalen or whether it was the team, you know. But he, re <clears throat> he recently had something he's to say about the whole um the uh Oops, about the uh, what's her name being released from Russian prison, the female basketball player. Yeah, so he puts his foot in his mouth in reference to uh, Brittany Griner and has to come back and issue an apology. Then he turns right around and puts his foot in his mouth again in reference to Jalen Hurts. Now I'm sure there's probably some Dallas fans that might agree with what he said. But if you're a real football fan and you really watch football and you've watched the maturation and improvement that Jalen Hurts has gone through, and I'm a Giants fan talking about this, you're crazy if you think he's, he's playing as well as he is because of their scheme. This guy has – I've heard people say they've never seen one player, especially a quarterback – improve this much over the course of a season. Jalen Hurts last year and Jalen Hurts this year is night and day. This guy went to work in the offseason. He has completely changed himself. His accuracy, his decision-making, even his vision on his runs – Everything's better. Everything's better. He's the MVP front runner. I don't care what nobody says. I think and, they they try they're trying to uh they're trying to make it like comparing him to Mahomes and saying that he's got a better overall team, better receivers than what Mahomes had. Mahomes lost his number one receiver, and yet they're still putting up big points. Um, and they're giving a lot of that credit to Mahomes. Um, and I think that's kind of where Parsons was trying to go too. But long story short, I agree with you 100%. I am so impressed uh, with, with Jalen Hurts. Always, like I told Mark, we are football fans first, and you got to recognize when someone's performing at that level, you know. Right. So, and that's a football level. I don't care what color jer jersey he has on. But – um, he is in a scheme that compliments him, you know, and, and that's oh, no doubt, no doubt to the credit of the coaching. You, you have know. to give the coaching staff a the whole bunch of credit, man. They built this team around him. 
they did what some teams talk about but don't actually do. They said, you're our guy until you prove to us that you're not our guy. So we're going to give you every opportunity. This is what the Giants don't do or haven't done. We're going to give you every opportunity to prove to us that you're our quarterback of the future. Otherwise, we're coming into a draft and we may have to look for a quarterback. So we're going to give you all the tools you need. That move for A.J. Brown was humongous. Devontae Smith is healthy. Who's the number one receiver on the Eagles? They got two number ones. Exactly. They got two number ones. Yeah, yeah no doubt about exactly. it. Exactly. They're so strong. They're, they're so strong on offense that I picked up Quez Watkins for one of my fantasy teams. <laughs> Just on the whim that he could have a game or two like Isaiah McKenzie had for the Bills. You know what I mean? One of them games when they're doubling A.J., and Devontae catches seven passes, and then Quez is open all day, and he hit him with two bombs and two scores, and I get a big fantasy win off of him. I'm telling <laughs> you, that's how strong the Eagles are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Um, if you add in the lines and all of that kind of stuff, how, how they've strengthened you know, themselves and, and right there, um, you know, all on defense. I mean, the only the only thing that I, I, as far as I'm concerned, they don't have any weaknesses. But there's the only thing that I would say that could possibly be a, a weakness that could rear its head later is uh, they don't tackle real, real well. That that's 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 all I can think of. Well, at one point we thought maybe they might be a little light in the in in the you know caboose also. Um, yeah, I don't think they hit a lot in practice either. You know that in might be true. That might yeah. be true. You know what's interesting, Ben? I and while we were talking about uh, Jalen Hurts and the MVP race, I just went to um, the Madden ratings just to see what the difference is. Mm -hmm. Overall, Jalen Hurts is rated 84. Patrick Mahomes is 97. And that's got to be, be fixed. Well, uh, you know, it'll be updated. Now, um, speed, acceleration, strength, and agility all go to Jalen Hurts. Right. Um, awareness. Awareness goes to Patrick. They have Jalen at 82 and Patrick at 96. I'm sure I know what that is, too. He has a lot of success. Uh, Mahomes has a lot of success on what they call off-platform throws. Jalen doesn't have a lot of off-platform throws because his offensive line protects him so much, and he is a dual-threat quarterback, not a scrambler. Mahomes is a scrambler. He could be a dual-threat quarterback, but he's a scrambler. He makes time to make throws. And that sometimes means he's going to throw that little underhand thing or the little pitch or the jump ball. You're going to see him do stuff like that. So I'm sure that brings his awareness numbers up. Okay. All right. All right. I hear you, you with, your, I mean? with, with your Madden analysis, Mr. Yeah. Nine Madden. Yeah, I hear you. All right. 
Well, we're talking so much about Jalen. I must have pushed the button here because we got the Eagles at the Bears. Look at the bias on Brad. Look at the big bias. Bias plus score 20.6 favors the Eagles. And uh, I think that might be the biggest bias of the weekend. Oh, really? I I haven't seen anything bigger yet. Okay. All right. And again, I've com I've compared Justin Fields uh, physically uh, to Jalen Hurts. I think they're very much about same size and, and physical capability, strength, speed, all of those types of things. Both of them can take off, man. And I, would go agree. I would agree with that. Obviously, Hertz is, uh, has improved immensely in his accuracy. Justin still could, you know, get a, excuse me, get a little bit better with that. But physically, yeah, their physical makeup, skill set, speed, stuff like that. Yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah. Um, and again, when you start to talk about the team around them <laughs> for Justin Fields, it's not the same team. No, not at all. It's not, not at all. Yeah, Hurts Hurts threw for two touchdowns and ran for another one last week. Miles Sanders ran for 144 yards and two scores. And the defense sacked Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor. Oh, Tyrod Taylor got in the game too, by the way. Sacked both of them a combined seven times. This team has no weaknesses. 12 total quarterback hits. Dominating performance, both sides of the ball. Eagles look strong. The Bears are coming off the bye. Justin Fields played pretty well the week before. I can't remember who they played, but I do remember he came back healthy in that game, and he actually played pretty well. They probably lost the game. Um, Chicago is hosting. Uh, the people in Chicago are going to get a chance to see what a real quarterback looks like. Uh, take the Eagles in this one. Bias plus score 20.6 favors the Eagles. Ben's going with the Eagles. Steelers at Panthers. Bias plus score of two favors the Panthers. Ah, the Panthers. How do you like that? Yeah, baby. Sam Darnold, baby. Yeah. What's the coach? <laughs> what's the coach name again? Uh Wilkes. Wilkes, Steve Wilkes. Yes. I'm cheering for him, man. I hope he gets the interim tag taken off and they make him the real head coach. I'm hoping they do it before the season ends, as a matter of fact, okay. or, at least, or at least at season's end so that he can start off next season as the head guy with no questions. I would like to see that. I hope that happens. Uh, starting quarterback for the Steelers, Kenny Pickett, sustained a concussion in the first quarter last week in Baltimore. He was replaced by our old buddy, Mitchell Trubisky, who actually moved the ball pretty effectively at times during the game. Unfortunately, he threw three interceptions. All of them were at the end of drives in Ravens territory. So again, Trubisky ended up big time, turning the ball over. That's what's wrong with this guy. I don't know what the Steelers are going to do with this guy. I really don't. They got to keep him now, though, because Pickett's got to go to concussion protocol. Uh, oh, not to mention, the Steelers' defense gave up 215 yards on the ground. Ooh. Ugly, ugly. Yeah, the Ravens went to work on them boys. 
Um, Carolina's defense, they'll be at home. Carolina's defense caught the Seahawks without their starting running back, Kenny Walker III, who we talked about earlier. And they put the clamps on his replacements while sacking Geno Smith three times and intercepting him twice. Kudos go to quarterback Sam Darnold, who finds himself starting again after the Panthers released Baker Mayfield. He's been very careful with the ball, and he rode his running game to victory last week. I think the Panthers are going to put the smack down on the Steelers at home to the delight of their suffering fans. Take the Panthers. <laughs> Take the Panthers. All right. Going with the Panthers. Going with the bias. Next up, Lions at <clears throat> Jets. This actually looked to be also a uh, intriguing game to me, Benny. You think so? Yeah, yeah. Bias plus score nine point two favors the Lions. You got Mike White versus uh, Jared Goff, and and you know it's funny. I was just thinking about how fortunes have changed for uh, Jared Goff now the quarterback for the Lions, and Matt Stafford now the quarterback for the Rams. You know, I mean. Now, I don't think the Lions are going to win the Super Bowl like the Rams did, but I mean, this year he did. The Lions are truly outperforming in terms of offense production versus the Rams. So Jared that is true. Has, has definitely got to get his uh, his kudos for that. And just looking at the two of them, I mean, let's face it, Goff is still young. Stafford's getting old. Okay. Um, he, he, on the Jets side, you got that Jet defense with your favorite cornerback there. Saucy. Yeah, yeah, but we got to really get serious now and start watching out for the Detroit Lions. Uh, they are without a doubt making a run for a playoff spot. They've won five of their last six. They defeated NFC North Division leading Minnesota. Big win for them. Jared Goff went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Kirk Cousins. Goff is really dialed in with his big play wide receiver group which I don't think their wide receivers get enough credit. Any of these guys can make a big play on you. I'm on St. Brown, DJ Shark, who they got away from the Jaguars last year, and Josh Reynolds is playing really well too, especially on the deep ball. And to top it off, now they got back rookie speedster Jamison Williams, who had a couple nice catches last week, hasn't had a chance to show off yet. He got hurt. He played for Alabama, got hurt in the national championship game last year before he got drafted. The Lions drafted him anyway, put him on IR, left him there, let him get healthy, and now he's back. This guy is super freaking fast, bro. Really? He is a speed burner. What's his name again? Jamison Williams. Jameson he's a small Williams. guy, just like Devontae Smith. <clears throat> small and fast, just like Devontae. Okay. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, the Jets. Jets finally get to come home. Uh, quarterback Mike White took a beating last week uh, from the Buffalo defense. He got sacked three times. He got hit eight times. He got knocked out of the game twice. They're looking at uh, bad ribs. I don't think he practiced today. They look like they were going to make a playoff run, but now they've lost four of their last six games. I think the Jets are in a little bit of trouble, bro. I really do. Uh, Sauce can't cover all them receivers. I'm taking the Lions to win this one. 
Going with the Lions, going with the bias, 9.2. All right, next up we have Falcons at Saints. Oh, boy. Jeez. Oh, I got that X in there again. Hey, bias plus score, 3.5 favors the Falcons. And this is a division game, I do believe? Uh, yes, NFC it is. NFC South? Yes, NFC South. And... I said earlier, this division is not settled yet. In fact, let me look over here. The Buccaneers are sitting in the lead at six and seven. The Panthers and the Falcons are both five and eight. The Saints are four and nine. So the Saints are kind of on the outside looking in. The Panthers and the Falcons with a couple of upset wins here and there and the Buccaneers struggling the way that they are. Who knows who's going to win this division? There will definitely only be one team in that division coming into the playoffs, and that will be the division winner, and we do not know who that's going to be. Now, like I said, the Falcons are 5-8, and eight, the Saints are 4-9, and nine, and both teams are coming off the bye. This is anybody's ball game, but I like the Falcons in this one. Going with the Falcons, eh? Yes, sir. Going with the bias, 3.5. Next up, Cardinals at Broncos. Bias plus score, 2.9 favors the Broncos. How often have the Broncos been favored this uh, year? Yeah, I know. Jeez, Cardinals. That, that tells you a little something about the Cardinals, doesn't it? Yeah, yes, it does. Yeah. Yes, it does. Man. Go so, ahead. Tell, tell me what you want to tell me about this. <laughs> the Cardinals are struggling badly to the point where people are talking about who's going to outlast who in the organization between Kyler Murray, the head coach Cliff Kingsbury, and the GM Steve Kine. They all signed contract extensions. People are starting to wonder in the next two or three years, who's going to still be there and who's not. That's how bad they've been looking. Now, Murray got himself a season-ending knee injury, non-contact injury on real grass. Ooh. Real grass. Real grass. Just goes to show. You can go down any old kind of way. Uh, backup Colt McCoy, who I respect a lot, actually came in and played pretty well. Uh, problem is Cardinals' defense isn't very strong. In fact, if I remember correctly when we were doing the ratings, they were way down, and uh, their offense can't really move the ball consistently. Bam. Yes, way down doesn't describe it. They're ranked thirty second on defense. Okay, that's bottom. That's they it. Are the worst defense as far as points against is concerned. Correct. Yep. Okay. Well, that tells the story. Guess it, it, what? Here you go. You know I you're think... in bad company when the the two teams directly above you, thirty one and thirty, are Detroit and Seattle. Okay, I, I, I can't let you talk bad about Detroit, though. I'm just telling you the fact. <laughs> Detroit is in 31st I place. It. I get it. I'm just telling you. I get it. And and their twin sister, Seattle, was right there with them at 30. <laughs> I get it. Now, Denver, oh, Denver, by the way, delivered their best offensive performance in weeks. But even their sturdy defense couldn't handle 
the onslaught from the Kansas City offense. So that was out of the question. But they did put some points up. I remember, I believe it was just last week, if not the week before, I was so disgusted with Denver that I said I would not uh, – Yeah, you did make some – Right, I would not predict a win for them regardless of who they were going to play. But I tell you what, I think – Hopefully Russell's okay and gets it through gets through concussion protocol this week because I want to see him do it. I want to see him beat the Cardinals. This is a game the Broncos can win. Well, we know how good their defense is. Um, we talked about that uh, when we looked at the net point rankings. As a matter of fact, just looking at it real quick, uh, Denver came in fourth. Um, right. What's really kind of um, messing with my mind is you're talking about how many points they scored last week, but I guess it's because we're now 14 games in, and when you averaged it in, it didn't move the needle much, and they're still in last place averaging only 14.9 points per game. So they had a good game, but their average didn't, you know, it got averaged into a, a 14-week season, so it didn't move. Yeah, so much. they were averaging basically two touchdowns a game, and they got four in that game. So they got an extra couple decimal points when you when you divide it by 14. Yeah. Long story short, you're going to go with the Broncos here? Yes, I am. Okay, going with the bias. 2.9 favors the Broncos. Yeah. Silly That's me. Go back on his uh, <laughs> proclamation about the Broncos. And he's rooting Silly for me. Russell to come back and show up the Kyler list. You're going to show up Colt McCoy? Is Colt okay? Yeah, Colt, yeah, Colt McCoy is fine. Okay, good. All right. Man, you better watch out for Colt, man. No, I, I know. I respect Colt McCoy. I do. I do. Right. Messing around with Colt McCoy. Bengals at Buccaneers. Bias plus scored 9.3 favors. Guess. The Bengals. Bengals, okay. Yeah, you know it. I mean, what are the Bengals, man? When, we, when you look at the... Uh, Look at them in the rankings. They're right up in the top 10. Matter of fact, the Bengals, Cincinnati came in at six. So we know that uh, the Buccaneers are net point wise or what? And the, were they in the middle or are they in the lower? They were in the lower third. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but they're surging. No, they were 19th. Okay. So that must be the surge. Got them from the yes. lower third into the middle. <laughs> yes, yes, they're surging. Uh, in fact, as far as I'm concerned, they're making a run for the AFC North title. They're going, they're, they're, they're playing really strong lately. Um, uh, they had just enough to handle the Browns, uh, last week for their fifth straight win. They are now nine and four and the Ravens are also nine and four. So they're tied with the same record. I think the Ravens get the nod for the first place spot right now, but the Bengals are coming on strong. Joe Burrow threw two touchdowns, and Joe Mixon just came back off a concussion protocol and ran for 96 yards on 14 carries. That was a nice little comeback coming off a concussion. Not too many carries, but he almost broke 100 yards. So I know they're glad to have Joe Mixon back. That balances the offense out a little bit. And uh, not to mention Jamar Chase, had quite a day, 100 and yeah, 119 yards. Um, I think he had 10 catches, 119 yards, and a touchdown. 
Um, it was a tough day for Tom Brady and the Bucks. They only scored one touchdown. They turned the ball over three times. Two interceptions, one fumble recovery. Can't win like that. Mm-hmm. Can't win like that. I say the Bucks. Oh, I say the Bucks disappoint my daughter. And Cincinnati goes down and beats them. They will not be firing the cannons. Uh, they'll, they'll be cannon fodder is what they'll be. They only firing them. They'll be <laughs> fodder if that, if that happens. Um, they showed uh, the receiver. What's the receiver? Just came back for the, for the Bengals. Jamar Chase? Jamar Chase. I guess this was early in the game. They threw a ball out to the flat to him, and the defensive player came up and laid a, a hit on him. Defensive guy's helmet flew off and everything. Wow. And um, my man on Good Morning Football, they used to play with the Patriots. The uh, McCourty. McCourty. He's got this segment that he calls Ooh Wee, where somebody <laughs> makes the, the, the hit. He's like, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Ooh-wee. Yeah. And, and he had that hit on there, and he was talking about the hit, and then he had to admit, yeah, and then afterwards, Jamar Chase, like, put up, like, 10 receptions on in some yeah. yard. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So you no got the hit in, but Jamar Chase won the war, no doubt about it, on that one. And I expect him to win this one also. Uh, it's going to be tough for Brady, man. All right, so tell me right now, you think he's coming back next year? I have no idea, bro. I, I have no idea. Their team just isn't what it was. It's just not the same. It's not Brady. Although he's not playing exceptionally well either, but it's a team effort. Their defense is nowhere near as good as they were last year. And it's crazy because it seems like it's the same people, but they had a lot of injuries. People are leaving, coming back getting hurt, getting healthy, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, you're not the only person that mentioned Gronk. In fact, he got interviewed by somebody this week, and he mentioned something about he knows if he was there, he could help Brady in the red zone. And uh, somebody also said, by the way, let's not forget what a great run blocker Gronk was too, at the line and downfield. So I don't know if that's a precursor to him thinking about trying to come back. I, I don't know. But he did mention football. And he hasn't he hasn't talked about football all season, as far as I know. Well, you know, they sign give him enough money. What is oh, it? Yeah. Week 15, you got what three regular season games? Yeah. Come in, get tuned up for the postseason. If you can make it into the postseason, and then you get some of that bonus money. Sure. You know, so they have to uh, make it worth his while, though. Make it worth his while. And, you know, obviously, as I say, uh, Tampa Tom needs a Gronkowski. He just needs a Gronkowski. It's like the Avengers without the Hulk. You know, it's just <laughs> you know, it's good, but, you know, those aliens. Not quite the same. You know, not yeah. quite the same. Not quite the same. All right. Going with the Bengals and the bias of 9.3. Another game. Titans at Chargers. Bias plus score 2.3 favors the Chargers. 
What is going on with King Henry? What is going on with King Henry? King Henry actually played fairly well last week. Did he? Yeah. The problem is the Titans turned the ball over four times. Well, he did. He was one of them. He had a fumble. Yeah. Young Jags defense sacked Tannehill four times, and they got four turnovers. Matter of fact, the hit on um, Derrick Henry was also in the ooh-wee segment. Ah, you got to love it. Got to love it. <laughs> on top of that, the Titans defense had no answer for Doug Peterson's offense. They got torched by Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence went to work on them boys. So the Titans are struggling right now, trying to hold on to first place in their division. It's going to get rough, man. It's going to get rough down. You, you, you got to be able to throw the ball. You cannot live off of Derrick Henry because teams have proven that if they put their minds to it, they can slow him down and possibly – you can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him. But he has. they have showed that he has been contained. So if they don't start to pick up their, their, their uh, passing game and their defense is starting to show cracks – this could be some trouble for the Titans. Um, they go to SoFi. They play the Chargers in L.A. The Chargers defense effectively slowed down the number one Dolphins passing game. And Justin Herbert lit up their secondary, completing 37 of 51 passes. This guy's throwing 51 passes. I don't know what's going on with their run game. Eckler's been playing really well all season. But early in the season, I think you might remember me mentioning something about Austin Eckler being on the side of a milk carton. Then all of a sudden he showed up and he had a string of great games, breaking 100 yards, scoring touchdowns, catching passes. Then they start relying on Justin Herbert real heavily again. I think it was probably because the Miami defense, their secondary looked weak and they knew that Herbert was hot and he was having his way with them. But anyway, 37 to 51 isn't tremendous, but he did throw for 367 yards and a touchdown. So now the Titans got to go in LA and play the Chargers. Looks like their offense is heating up. I'm going to go with the Chargers on this one. Going with the bias, going with the Chargers. Yep. All right. You think we're going to see Malik Willis before the end of the year? Nope. <laughs> Not unless Tannehill gets hurt. Patriots at Raiders by a split score four point eight favors the Patriots. Solid football team. Yeah. Hmm. Solid, if not outstanding, but solid. Yeah. Yeah. So. Hey, look, they're in the top 10 in that point. After showing a lot of promise in his rookie season last year. Yeah, yeah, they are because of the defense. What I was going to say was last year, Mac Jones showed a lot of promise in his rookie season. He wasn't great. We were still calling him Mac and Cheese. But he, he kind of showed that he could possibly develop into a, 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 a pretty good quarterback. He's been barely mediocre this season. And so has the entire New England offense. Pretty much Ramondre Stevenson, the running back, is the best thing they got going for them right now. The, 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 the receivers are up and down. They don't have a clear-cut number one. It was Jacoby Myers. Now he can't stay healthy. 
Aguilar catches a couple of balls here and there. The defense, however, has been pretty good, and they turned in a real strong performance that helped them defeat the Cardinals last week, even, the, even though the Cardinals have their own issues. But they did pick off quarter, uh, backup quarterback Colt McCoy one time, and they did sack him six times. So the Patriots' defense needs to be reckoned with. Now, as far as the Raiders are concerned, they go back home to host this game back in L.A. Uh, Derek Carr and the Raider offense all of a sudden forgot how to find the end zone. I don't know what happened to them. The last couple of weeks, they were looking really good. Uh, they lost to the Rams. It broke a three-game win streak. They were really turning it on, man. I was surprised. I was like, hey, they're making this AFC West heat back up again. Then they looked terrible. Carr threw two interceptions. He didn't throw any touchdowns. And that left the door open for Baker, May Baker Mayfield to drive the Rams down and get the win over them. Very disappointing for the Raiders. I want to say the Patriots go in there and beat them, but I'm not going to. I think the Raiders will bounce back. I don't know what heck happened to them last week. I don't know if they underestimated the Rams or what. Um, knowing their situation with Baker coming in late, not getting a chance to know the whole playbook. Excuse me, and their other quarterback, Wolford, was already injured with a bad neck or shoulder or something. I think the Raiders thought they were going to come in and walk over them, and they got surprised. So I expect them to bounce back. I'm going to take the Raiders. Had to think going about against that. the bias, going against that solid football team, eh? Yeah, I'm going to take the Raiders. Oh, man, you getting soft in your old age, man. I don't know. What the hell's that soft? <laughs> I'm the one sticking my neck out. <laughs> yeah, you sure are. That's what I'm saying. It's got to be a sentimental. What, what are you feeling sorry no, for? No, it's not sentimental. I respect the Raiders. I respect Josh Jacobs. And I respect Derek Carr. And that three-game win streak was very impressive. And I think they just slipped, and they'll get it together. Well, you might be right. Over the last three weeks, the uh, the Raiders are plus four net points. And the New England Patriots are minus 2.3. Right. So you might have a little something going momentum-wise for you. We shall see. Next up. Rams at Packers. Superstar swimming at, at the bottom of the of the pond. Two superstars. Rams at Packers. Bias plus score 4.2 favors the Packers. Uh, this one won't be too tough. Rams got to go to Green Bay after a feel-good one-point win over the Raiders. Engineered by their new starting quarterback, Baker Mayfield. Yes, he will start this week. With only a couple of days to learn as much of the playbook as he could, and then getting detailed instructions spoken into his helmet before plays by head coach Sean McVay, he was actually calling plays and then explaining detailed information about the plays within the short period of time that they allow them to keep the mic on in his helmet. And Mayfield did the rest. He led the Rams on two scoring drives to finish off the Raiders. One was for 75 yards. One was for 98 yards. 
Now, Packers are coming off the bye. The last time we saw them, they finished off a road win against Chicago. I think that the Rams got a little lucky last week, caught the Raiders when they were down. They're going to go to Green Bay, and Baker's going to come back down to earth. I'm taking the Packers. I forgot about the Baker situation last week. And I mean, I, I watched the game. I saw him come in, you know, and he's Baker, man. He's always. Oh, it was him. amazing what he did. No doubt about it. Yeah, he actually, always... they sent him the playbook so he could study it on the plane ride to L.A. So he started studying the playbook right away before he even arrived. Then he had one practice. One practice because they played on Thursday, right? And and you know Baker said, you know, hey, how many how many coaches, how many offensive coordinators I played for in the last two years or whatever, you know? Exactly. Like I do this routinely. It ain't no big thing. So he's gonna he's gonna start again this week against uh, yes. uh against Aaron Rodgers, eh? Yes. All right. Let's see if he can bake the Rodgers here. Oh man, was that Monday night? Yeah, I think that is the Monday night game. Yes. That was the Monday night game. Oh my goodness. I hate when I do that and not realize that, you know, we, we were there at Monday night and making sure that we give it the proper fanfare, much less Sunday night. But in any event, you were talking about the coach for the Panthers. And the Carolina Panthers are the bias plus buster of the week through week 14. With an unfair Good job. Good job. Kudos to Steve Wilkes, who has been a head coach before. He was the head coach of the, of the Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals were not very good at the time he was there. They didn't do too much to help him out as far as improving uh, the roster. And he barely got in one year, and they fired him really fast. Didn't really give him a chance. Uh, I didn't think that was very fair, but I've seen that happen before. So hopefully this will be his second chance to lock down a head coaching job, and uh, I'm rooting for him. Well, the way to get the locker room on your side is to be the bias plus buster of the week and get that bias plus score higher than anybody else. And like I said, it wasn't too many. This was only one of the two games that uh, the bias plus, you know, did not get for last week. So, um, and I think that Rams game was the other one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A couple real surprises, a couple real surprises. And uh, that's why when I hear, t you know, talk about duty, the, the do they really have a chance? I mean, I say, yeah, everybody got a chance. And you know the funny thing about our girl Cynthia Freeland, she she picks she's when she makes these picks, she gives scores, but everything has a percentage chance. So it's like I expect that the Panthers will beat the Rams by a score of twenty four to twenty two, with right. a fifty two percent chance of being correct. <laughs> yeah, right. So but there's all these little. I don't even know why they bother to give scores to tell you the truth, but I guess. It has something to do with uh, trying to convince you to uh, bet the point spread one way or the other. I, I, I'm just assuming that. I don't know. <laughs> well, 
Well, that wraps up this portion of the uh, Ben and Barry show with the Bias Plus reports and the Bias Buster of the week. Again, congratulations to the Carolina Panthers. Let's pause it for a moment. We'll take a quick look at our social media page. Okay, Benny, so in this section, we're just going to go back to the Ben and Barry Facebook page. We're going to touch on a few current events that happened and uh, some things that we have posted on the page that we'd like to make sure that people know are there. How about the money, Benny? How about who are the 30 richest NFL quarterbacks of all time, not just current playing, ranked in order? We ran across that a little bit when we did the backup quarterbacks because uh, wasn't it the was it um, the backup for the Jets had a net he had Flacco. like a con- yeah well Flacco won a Super Bowl yeah I think he had, he had like a paid like 140 million paid to him already or something like that so he's no normal backup in terms of his net worth but that's there all right Benny how about your Heisman 2022 Heisman Trophy. What do you think about that one, Caleb Williams? Uh, I was a little surprised at that one. Um, just a little. Uh, I'm a CJ. I'm 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 a CJ Stroud guy. I think Stroud has put together a better season than Caleb Williams. Um, but you know, it's cool. They need to change the uh, Heisman to uh, instead of a guy that looks like a running back, they need to put a different statue together and make it a quarterback because that's the only guys that ever win it. Okay. All right. You got a point there. A comment on the Heisman statue needs to be changed. Only on Ben and Barry do we say stuff like that. (laughs) All right. So there was a question about the limit of concussions with Kenny, uh, with uh, Kenny Pickett. Um, and whether or not it's time, like if you get like two concussions or three concussions, like is there a number? It's like, okay, if you reach seven concussions, you can't play for like a month or something like that or ever this season or the rest of the season. So apparently Kenny's picking up concussions uh, left and right. And I don't know if he had any, excuse me, you might know more about this if he had any in college. I'm sure he did. He started and played four years. Yeah. My question is, what is the answer to that question? Is there an actual limit? I don't think so. I don't think so either. But I know the doctors say, because you remember when they, when Tua got two in two weeks, they were like, yo, that's really bad. But they didn't stop him from playing. No. Well, that's why there was a big controversy. My thing is, every concussion you get, makes it easier for you to get another one. Okay. Okay. Sounds reasonable. When you look at it that way, yeah, you you really should start to to count the number. I know Montana had a lot of concussions. Uh, I'm trying to think. Elway had a good number. But these guys had long and illustrious careers. So what are you going to do? Well, next up, we just want to give some congrats to Maria Taylor. She will be leading the NBC's Big Ten college football uh, coverage uh, as its studio host. 
Um, it says here that she's hosted the NFL Draft, the NFA, NBA Finals, excuse me, Tokyo Summer Olympics, the Super Bowl, and the Beijing Winter Olympics. So Maria Taylor, getting it done. You familiar with Maria, Benny? Yes, they really like Maria. They give Maria all times, all types of big time jobs. She's hot right now. Okay, okay. Um, who but BBF gave you the full accounting of all the backup quarterbacks in the league? We did. It says here from Bailey Zappi to Cooper Rush, which backup quarterbacks have kept their teams afloat? This has been called the year of the backup, Benny. The year of the backup. The backups have really played a part, and now they're getting down to the third string. And in Baltimore's case, guys that aren't even in the depth chart. <laughs> yeah, it's been quite a few. Get that guy from the third row. Bring him on over here. Now, this, Ben, has been big news all week. This is the uh, Mike Leach, uh, dead at 61. You're more of a college guy than I am. But I've been, like, reading so much about Mike Leach and watching so much about Mike Leach since his death. Uh, it's almost kind of weird to, to really get to know this guy this well um, post-mortem. Post but as soon as you start talking about the air raid offense, which you and I picked up on early when it came to the NFL, you know, with Cliff Kingsbury, then you look at that, and that's one of his – protégés or in his tree as they like to say his coaching tree not only his coaching tree kingsbury played for him there you go <clears throat> um so i just want to say again rest in peace apparently he was a piece of work a really fun guy um he traveled extensively uh made friends everywhere and i put in there is uh in the comments been a link here and it's the texas tech offensive playbook so if you want to get in the air raid offenses you got a playbook that you can actually look at one of the things the guy one of the people who were talking about him very close to him said he said look up mesh and i'm like okay wait a minute i know that i have plays in my playbook with the niners that are mesh plays mm -hmm. so i'm looking i'm like wait a minute i'm playing some form of Mike Leach's air raid offense and not even know it, you know, because when you look at that mesh that's in there, and I've always liked that, and I include it, especially if I'm in a situation where I could run the ball, you can run a, a mesh and it's a short, you know, your two guys across is so short that if you can complete it, you got a first down if you're only looking for three, four yards. So oh it works God. real well, especially against man to man. But, right. you know, um, so Mike Leach, left a serious football legacy. Uh, like I said, there's not many people that you call a bolt of personal personality and a football savant. Right. So that's pretty, that's pretty heavy there. All right. Moving right along. I mentioned how Jerry Rice had said, please stop running our skill players up the middle <laughs> to the coach. <laughs> and that's the GOAT. That is the GOAT. Jerry um, got an awful lot to say now that he's retired. There you go. Well, he got time to say that stuff now, like you and me <laughs> with the show. Maybe we can get him to come on. Yeah, right. Um, I have to check. I'd that. love to do that. Hey, there you go. 
Well, congratulations to T.C. Taylor. He takes over for one primetime Deion Sanders. That's some serious shoes to fill as the next head coach for Jackson State University's football team. Anything on him? Just that um, Prime recommended him for the job, and I believe he was the um, – I believe he was, the, he was the offensive coordinator, right? I don't know if he was the offensive coordinator. I do know he was on the staff. Yeah, he was the offensive coordinator. So, uh, of course, he's going to have to get himself a quarterback. <laughs> but uh, but Prime groomed him, brought him in, had him work under uh, Mike Zimmer, right? Because didn't Prime have Zimmer on the staff? Yeah, I do believe. Okay. so 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 he's ready. All right. Well, we're looking forward to some results here uh, from that. Uh, is it too early? It says here, 2023 NFL free agent rankings, top 25 players set to enter free agency. Oh, you should see this list. I'm not even going to click on it here, Benny. Lots of free agents. That's what I was telling you. Heineke's playing for a contract yeah. you know, right now. And they're saying if he plays well, he could make some nice money. You know, well, he's playing pretty well. I mean, let's face it. They don't have a strong team, but they've won some games and they've been impressive. And a lot of it has to do with him. It has to do with Heineke. Absolutely. So uh, there you are. Uh, we talked about that. So that's pretty much it. Benny says here. Thank you uh, for following. Please leave comments and suggestions. Hashtag football is life. That is our hashtag. Okay, we put in some work tonight, man. You have any final words? Go Knowles. Go Knowles.